Greetings, podcast listeners. Welcome back and happy new year. Welcome to 2023. It's been a minute. The last episode was last year. (laughs) But today I am excited and pleased to read for you from one of my favorite books that I had in my earlier part of my Aikido career called Legacies of the Sword uh, by Carl F. Friday with Seki Humitake. Um, the subtitle is The Kashima Shinryu and Samurai Martial Culture. It's a beautiful book and I, um, I found it and this was the signal of this is what you should read. So I'm going to read the section Um, from page 151 of this paperback. And I I urge you to get this book too and add it to your library. Um, It's from the University of Hawaii Press. And I'm going to read from page 151, which is uh, The Martial Path. And this section is called Meditation and the Integration of Body, Mind, and Spirit. Here we go. Students begin study of the traditional buge with pattern practice. That is pattern, P-A-T-T-E-R-N practice, through which they intuitively absorb their Ryuha's techniques and doctrines and acquire the physical skills necessary to implement them. Later, their teachers augment the lessons of the kata with verbal and written illuminations of the underlying principles. But while pattern practice and intellection are sufficient to lead students to technical virtuosity, that technical virtuosity, even at levels approaching perfection, still falls short of true mastery of the art of combat. For a warrior, unlike an athlete, cannot afford slumps, or off days, or even off moments. Let me repeat this, my dear fellow podcaster friends. Let me just repeat that one sentence again for the people in the back. For a warrior, unlike an athlete, cannot afford slumps or off days or even off moments. He cannot allow his performance to be compromised by fear, excitement, fatigue, or even by illness, injury, or intoxication. A single instant of imperfection can cost him his life and or the success of his mission. True mastery of the warrior arts, therefore, must include the ability to perform at one's peak at any time, in any place, and under any circumstances. To do this, one must be able to reach beyond the limitations normally imposed by one's body or mind, to tap into the deeper potential of what might be termed 
the spirit. Thus, very advanced students undertake a third form of training, meditation, and exercises for realizing the complete integration of mental, physical, and spiritual power. As I have observed repeatedly, warriors were already adopting methods of developing more than just neuromuscular skills and tactical savvy by late medieval times. With this step then, the bouguet became a vehicle not just to expertise in combat, but to a wider cultivation of the self. The same goal embraced by medieval religious ascetics. During the Tokugawa period, the roles of motivation and process gradually reversed and martial training came to be seen as a means of self-cultivation rather than as simply an incentive for it. The bouguet thereby took on a whole new identity as an elaborate form of non-religious asceticism. Modern observers often associate ascetic practices like meditation with mental or spiritual, as opposed to corporeal exercise. But the medieval and early modern Japanese worldview formed at the nexus and by the interplay of Buddhist Neo-Confucian, indigenous Shinto, and other cosmologies conceptualized body, mind, and spirit not as separate entities, but as interpenetrating features of a single integrated whole. In Japanese usage, in Japanese usage, mind quote, end quote, shin or kokoro denotes the seat of both the intellect and the passions, the mind and heart of ordinary English usage, and is homologous to the spirit, rei or seishin. The body, karada or shintai, relates to the mind heart, spirit, as the emote and ura of the self. For the buge adept, one of the most important results of meditation training is to eliminate any perception of separation between body, mind, and spirit, which in turn is believed to liberate hitherto undiscovered energies and powers. Yuasa Yasao observes that humans in ordinary states of consciousness experience bodily sensations such as pain or sensory perceptions as being different in kind from those they label as mental states such as thinking, imagination, and emotion. While the latter appear indigenous to the mind and the former seem to arise externally, in truth, all sensations, including those we categorize as physical, are nothing more than states of mind. Even physical sensations, derived from mental calculations processing sensory input, which is why we can be fooled into experiencing pain in amputated limbs or dry ice as hot to the touch. Meditation focuses one's consciousness inward closing off sensory input and quieting down the external sensations. In so doing, it guides practitioners past the apparent dichotomy of mental 
and physical sensations and alerts them to the power of the mind. The mind and body cease to seem distinct. By accomplishing this state, which medieval Zen Buddhists expressed as oneness of mind and body, Shinshin Ichinyo, or congealing of body and mind, Shinshin Yonen. Uge masters claim to enhance their general sense of well being, their physical performance of specific tasks, and their ability to interact with other living beings. And with that, we will be right back. And we are back. This book is has opened the door for me um, in my Aikido practice. Um, in the very beginning, I started to think about, well, how do I remember the things that I'm learning? And how do I survive my training? <laughs> and I found this book to help because I also had a love for the weaponry and getting deeper into it once I was able to learn because in my first start of Aikido I did not jump into weapons I was not allowed to and I think it was a six month waiting period Um, I think it had to do with you know how well I was able to coordinate you know and to um, practice safety and awareness and had mastery of my limbs and motion in order to hold a weapon which is simply an extension of ourselves. And it was then that the epiphany came once starting taking weapons class, as I know all of us have experienced at one time or another, of the correlation of the open hand movements. And um, this book just laid out, and it just sort of, that's where I was looking for books on, you know, Japanese culture, weaponry, martial arts, um, you know, um, weapons work and this is one of them beautiful excuse me legacies of the sword book Um, and it's beautifully written Um, I can't stress enough how Aikido is not a sport and they said it explicitly in this portion of the book Um, unlike athletes warriors do not have the opportunity for any slack time because it could cost your life. How many times do I have to tell people that? It's not a game. Um, when you're practicing it and you're in the dojo, you have that, uh, I want to call it a luxury of time where you've chosen to map out the space to come into the school and treat it with respect as you treat yourself with respect. Here I am on my... <laughs> On my, here I am on my um, my post here, um, preaching. But this book has brings it out in me. I just have to say. <laughs> but this is where everyone who enters the doorway of any dojo has to understand that because the lack of respect you show coming in is how you are representing yourself. And I will say it for those who will not say it. Um, how many times do I see people? who are looking at others who don't understand 
and look the other way or you know they just you know to keep the peace there's only so much that everyone can do and sometimes the student is not ready for the teacher to appear or however you want to say it you know what I'm saying um you can repeat it and no one gets it and then you you don't waste your time you move on until the person until the student is ready um but that's what this martial arts is and the the grand beauty of it um how they explain the the teachings uh repetition and this is what um if you if you look in the the new york aikikai instagram you know we've done our um, fundraising campaign and we talk about the, the fundraising committee uh, Junya Nakatsugawa um, one of his, his quote talks he includes repetition in it um, which makes him a, an amazing senpai an amazing teacher amazing student as we all are um, when we are embracing the details and when we are when we are discovering ourselves um, the repetition that they mention in the book, there there are levels to it. Um, and you are, you know, first, you know, you're, you're learning um, through lessons, physical. Let's see, where's that excerpt here? It says um, for the students. Um, and I'll repeat it. You know, this is before they talk about meditation, which kind of brings everything together. But before the meditation, you learn it in in a certain way of the tactile, I guess. Um, you know, learning uh, the, the traditional bouguet with pattern practice. Students begin study of the traditional bouguet with pattern practice. Um, physical skills necessary to implement them. And then teachers later augment the lessons of the kata with verbal and written illuminations of the underlying principles. And while they are sufficient to lead students to technical virtuosity, the technical virtuosity, even at levels approaching perfection, still falls short of true mastery of the art of combat. So as we pick it apart to study this, we go into a deeper sense of ourselves and how we relate to the practice and this is my new year's gift to all of you of moving you in the direction of um um inspiring you to get this book legacies of the sword um by carl f friday with seki humitake um and you know looking through it this is just one one few few paragraphs but the and this is this is the depths of how it goes for people who don't practice Aikido Um, if you're looking to really go into the inner verse of yourself Aikido is a way to do it and you get the physical sense and I remember this when I started Aikido learning from late Sugano Sensei talking about um, you know this very thing of the layers of you know, you learn it this way, you know, you learn, you know, the movements, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's just like the book. You might write the things down, you might read it, you're looking at the sensei, and then you practice it. So you're learning in the beginning, the technical skills, and then later it becomes a part of you. And you feel it even with testing. When I took my 
uh, first my test in doing Randori for the first time, I think for second Q, it was an understanding of blending everything together where I had to embrace my spirit in it. And the beauty of New York Aikikai, not to toot the horn, but I must because I am a student there. Yamada Sensei, in he he gifts us with the opportunity to be ourselves so that you can unlock that personal power that you have in order to be all of yourself in the practice of Aikido. That it's not about, oh, I want to be like that person. You may admire someone else and say, oh, I love their Aikido. They have beautiful Aikido. You understand it. But then it's your turn to be all that you can be and that each and every one of us is a power. And power, not in the Western sense of conquer, but you are conquering yourself, actually. You are splitting yourself with the sword. But power in the Eastern sense of illuminating and growing and and spreading this love. And love is powerful, right? It's a different muscle. We can go on and on for that for for hours talking about this. But, um, and I'm sure in future episodes, we will go even deeper into this. But this is such an important piece of the Aikido. This is a great gift to give you to move in the direction to start off our 2023 that let's start and further, especially for those of us who've been practicing for many years already um, and get into the meditation and to move on to the next level. And with that, my dear friends, happy new year. Once again, peace and blessings, great prosperity and the best of health to each and every one of us and higher learning and and tremendous ascension in our skills and our combination of Aikido practice and abilities in everything we do in life. Until next time.